The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm pretty, I don't know, stoked, might not cover it, but I'm at the upper levels of excited. (laughs) Getting joined here by an old friend from a number of years ago. This is my friend, Brittany Ryan. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. Good. It's great to hear your voice after we were trying to calculate up the years, but then it (laughs) makes me feel like I'm getting younger all the time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Exactly. Well, we haven't talked in a while, but we spent some years in the same proximity doing some of the same kind of stuff in the late 2000s. Maybe that's a good way to say it. There you go. (laughs) Yes. Very cool. And just super, super happy that you are joining us, and thanks for that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, you're most welcome. I think we'll we'll try to fit it all into one podcast here. I know you've got a story for us, but if we happen to take a little longer, we could split it up into two podcasts, so that would be fine. Just however it flows. Really appreciate you being here. Yeah, of and course. Just a little uh, you know, correct my background on you. Now, I already mentioned that you're, you know, before we started recording that I remembered you're from Park City, Utah, beautiful yes. part of the world. You grew up yes. there, I guess. Yeah. There was, so, do I re- Louisiana, do I remember something about Louisiana as well? Yeah. Well, my dad is from Louisiana, so spent okay. a lot of time visiting his family there throughout the years. Mm. Fine folks down there in Louisiana. The best. Real good food. Best food, yes. (laughs) Food with personality. That's no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Yeah, my memory's better than I thought it would be. Uh, Or maybe I'm just having a good day. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm uh, Now, we were together in the Carolinas doing some missions training stuff, doing some trips, getting out there. I think I've got a memory of you on the other side of the world and your good friend. I'm trying to remember her name from that trip. We were in Africa together. Yes, yes, we went to Africa and it was amazing. Yes, I remember that. That was amazing with a few exceptions. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that just comes with the territory. Yeah, it does. It does. So that was a great trip. I remember it well. 
except for the jet lag, it was every, all a plus. I, I do remember the jet lag pretty pretty significantly. Oh yes. Yeah. So you went on after this that stuff we were doing on the mission side, and you got your nurse RN, correct? Yes. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Facebook's keeping me up to date at some level, you know, I guess it's, it's been a, it's been a, how long has it been since you got your RN? I've been a nurse now for about four years. Wow. The years are going by so fast. Oh no, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, for those of you who uh, can't tell, Brittany's a young woman compared to me, especially. <laughs> your voice sounds uh, really young, but you've done some living as well. You're you're married. You finished your RN. You've done some mission stuff. We're sitting down to talk with you a little bit about a trip you recently gotten back from. Yes. So where in the wide world did you go and what were you doing there? So I just got back from a trip to Peru. It was for a medical mission. It was just about two weeks long I was there for, and we kind of just set up pop-up clinics in different communities and just kind of helped as many people as we could while we were there. Wow. Wow. So you wouldn't know this. I don't think I probably ever mentioned it to you, but Peru was like one of the first places as a uh, a middle schooler that I discovered, Hey, you know, in my social studies book, <laughs> there's some other part of the world and it's so different than where we are in Lima, yeah. Peru, you know, was what was, what, which was the place, you know, did you guys travel through Lima? Yeah. So we flew into Lima. We didn't spend much time in Lima. We spent our first night if you can call it a night, we slept about three hours in a hotel in Lima, which was an experience in itself. And then the next morning we flew to Cusco and then traveled to Urubamba. We worked with a hostel they have there called the Llama Pack Project. And we stayed there and they were kind of the coordinators for us to the different communities nearby. Okay, so your first flight, you were coming from the States, you flew into Lima, your team kind of was leaving from the States together to get there, or you met up there? So our team was, there was about 12 of us on the team, and no one really knew each other, so there was one person traveling from Canada, but everyone else flew from the States, and uh, most of us met in Atlanta, and then flew from Atlanta to Lima and then the other two met us in Lima. Okay. The lonely Canuck bringing <laughs> it in from Canada. That, that's cool. That, that's cool. That's, they always bring a, a, something special to a team. I've always loved working with Canadians. Yeah, she was great. So you guys were all in the medical side. You're a medical team, but didn't know each other in advance. Am I right? Correct. Okay. There was also two dentists and one doctor from Bolivia that met up with us as well. Okay. So you guys were maybe a team of 15 or whatever there yeah, by the time it was all said and done? Exactly. Wow. Cool. Now, tell me how you found out about the opportunity to serve in medical missions. Well, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. 
actually the trip to Africa that we were on together kind of, I would say, almost inspired me to become a RN. Um, I just knew I wanted to have a profession that would allow me to do things like this in the future. Mm. So after being a nurse for about four years now, I was kind of in almost a slump in my profession where I was just frustrated and I was like, I don't know if I want to be a nurse anymore. And I just really felt led to pursue a mission because I was like, hey, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to become a nurse. Like, let's get back to the foundations of why I started this. So I just started kind of searching online for different organizations and different trips that are offered. And I came across the organization called Project Helping Hands and kind of browsed their website. And when I saw the trip that they do to Peru, I was just sold because I've always wanted to go to Peru. And just the description of what the trip entailed just really excited me. So I signed up and the rest is history. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, I haven't been. Can you believe this? I've got somebody I need to repent to, but I haven't been to (laughs) South America. Yeah, it's I hadn't either. And um, it's definitely somewhere that I've just always wanted to go. Me and my husband have tried to plan a few different trips there that just ended up not working out. And so I was just ready. And I said, I'm going. There you go. Sometimes you got to do that, and that's all you can do. (laughs) And uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, what surprised you about South America? Well, for Peru, um, something that surprised me was this is going to sound really weird. Well, one, the food surprised me, (laughs) it was a lot different than what I was anticipating. Was wait wait wait? Let me jump in there. Was it beans and rice by by any chance? Lots of rice, lots of potatoes. Okay, some random vegetables here and there, but I just always thought it would be like spicier than it, I don't know. I just it was yeah different. yeah. It was just like like we were all asking for like salts, like we want salts, and they're like really, <laughs> and so just it was just interesting but um we had some awesome cooks that traveled with us i love going to other countries and trying their food but i mean when you're traveling to a third world country i don't know if it ever becomes normal but something else that's surprising is just the drastic varieties in wealth and poverty mm, and yeah. all of that kind of thing so that always just kind of takes you a little bit by surprise i think yeah, yeah, like the 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 poverty divide or whatever. I mean, there's a big percentage I would speculate of the Peruvian population that is below the poverty line. Does that yeah. sound right? I would say that's right. Yes. I don't know if it's like the rest of Latin America, but that's true in the places that I've that I've traveled in Central America and Mexico. Yeah. Very very true. With the heavy starches and no spice <laughs> and a lot of color. I bet there were a lot of colors. People wore a lot of different colors. Oh, I would yeah. Bet colorful. Yeah, very uh, colorful for sure. In terms of travel, you guys flew into Lima. And then mm-hmm. from there, how did you travel 
you you took the next flight. I guess you took a smaller plane to Cusco or whatever. Yeah, we took um, a smaller plane to Cusco the next day. And it's kind of crazy. They have flights that leave from Lima to Cusco like every 30 minutes. It's just like a big, a big trafficked uh, flight they do. But me and another team member got put on a flight later than the rest of the team. And then half the team from the first flight missed their flight because, of course, that just happens when you travel in big groups, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, there was a little bit of a delay that we weren't anticipating, but we got there. Yeah, you you finally got there. And I guess with that that frequency of flights, there's a lot of people going to that destination. Yeah, it's a very popular destination because that's where people fly into to go see Machu Picchu mm. and Rainbow Mountain. And there's a lot of tourist attractions where people will fly into Cusco. Okay, okay. And so once you guys got to Cusco, how far out did you go from there And before you kind of staged up and then worked different villages, I guess? Am I right? Mm-hmm. We took a like a van from the Cusco airport to Urubamba, which is about an hour and a half to two hour drive. And then we were staying at this Lama, Lama Pack Project hostel and we did about... Mm, two different locations for clinics over three days there. And then after that, the team went up into the more remote mountain villages from there. Mm, yes. I could imagine it got remote quickly. Like there, you, you fall off the edge of town, I would, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty crazy. So I actually... I think it was our second day there. I got very sick and, mm. um, you know, just all of the things that you don't want to have happen to you when you're on a mission with just throwing up and all of that kind of stuff. So oh, I, no. I know it was, it was kind of rough, but so the rest of the team, after we had finished our first few clinics, they took, a van to the first mountain village that we went to (laughs) they kind of were warning us because the road that we had to drive up was very windy and you literally drive over a mountain that's like 14,000 feet and down into a town over on the other side and so it was beautiful but it was definitely a road that a lot of us were not used to driving on (laughs) yeah I could imagine it some of that must have felt treacherous. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're <laughs> a lot. <laughs> most people don't live at like any elevation, and here we are, and the road, and you're in a van, and it's bumpy, and yeah, it's it can be quite treacherous. But the <laughs> sights, the sights, I think, make it worth it because it just feels like you're just living in this dream. Like, how is this real? It's just so different from anything you see here in the States. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I've had some similar experiences outside the country and it's hard. I mean, it's just hard to get words that do it justice, those kinds of experiences. Plus, I guess when you're traveling and in a new environment and all that, your senses are certainly opened up at a level that's, you know, not normal. You're not normally just all your senses on 
highest receptivity, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of the experience. So that also seems to spike it, which I think is always awesome. And it, and it makes for very good and clear memories that you take back. So that I, I know you took back, must have taken back some good memories. Is there something specific, maybe a someone you encountered or something you guys did that kind of sticks out to you right now? Well, the thing that's really stuck with me the most at this point is one of the young boys that we took care of in the clinic came and um, he was about 12 years old and he was telling us how he had a lot of pain in one of his legs and he fell when he was about two years old and he's always had problems with it ever since. Mm. And so... Luckily, the doctor that was there with us from Bolivia, he was um, an orthopedic surgeon. And so I asked him to come examine the boy's leg. It was very obvious to him that he actually had fractured his hip when he was two, and it just never healed correctly. So that's one of those things where where this boy lives and the access that he has to healthcare, it's not very likely for him to get any kind of surgical procedure or anything that he would need to fix his leg. But we are in the works of trying to get that for him. Mm. The surgeon that I was with has agreed to do it for him for free. So they're just trying to work out the logistics to that. So I think that's really stuck with me because I just think of all of the things that I know I take for granted having two working legs. And as a young boy who was so nice and so helpful to all of us, the change it could make for him to be able to have a surgery that would be so easy for any child to have here in the U.S. Wow. Is there a first name? Do you do you remember the little boy's first name? It was Eduardo. Eduardo. So mm-hmm. for Eduardo, are they looking to get him to the normal facilities for the doctor that was there or are they looking to how are they how are they thinking about getting that corrected i know there would it'd be hard to do that kind of procedure you know on the edge of the earth somewhere <laughs> you know yeah, i mean that exactly. you got to be in a clean yeah. environment etc yeah so um the surgeon is trying to work with the hospital in uh, lima to have it done there Mm. And like we would, the organization or the surgeon's organization would kind of pay for his family to go there and have the procedure done. And then he said that if that won't work out, then he just wants to pay for travel expenses for the boy and his parents to go to Bolivia to have the procedure done. Yeah, in his normal environment, in his shop, if you will. <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly. he, he knows he knows what to expect, and yeah. he knows what the tools and equipment and resources and help and all that. Yes. Eduardo, that's. Can you imagine injuring yourself? Probably before you know memory. He probably oh, yeah. may or may not have remembered that. And then, you know, being in a position where you had to basically perpetuate the injury in an attempt to be mobile yeah, for that long. I mean, I, I can't and I can't imagine the pain he probably feels just living everyday life, just not having 
his hip properly placed or healed or he was just one of those people that just stick with you because he was so kind and he was helping interpret for us because we had like the Bolivia team and some other people we had with us obviously spoke Spanish, but the communities that we were in spoke a language called Quechua. So there was sometimes like a three translation that had to happen from like English to Spanish and then Spanish to Quechua. So it was very interesting, but he was just such a sweet boy and he was helping us and he was so happy and positive. And it's just, I just wanted to do whatever we could to help him. Yes, absolutely. I remember the first time I heard, you know, the triple translation thing, (laughs) we were in a very rural village in Southern Mexico And I remember hearing those sounds. The sounds of Spanish and the sounds of English obviously are different, but they're kind of in the same family or maybe they're extended family. But when you pull out a tribal language from a Native Americans, Mm -hmm. what the sound that that makes, I I will never forget being just overwhelmed with that. Yeah, it's pretty cool to hear their native language and, um, one of the translators i was we had an awesome team of translators that were with us and he was kind of telling me about the quechua language and how a lot of the native people now don't want their kids to even learn to speak quechua because they kind of associate that with like a lower class of people almost mm-hmm. and yeah. how it's just like so sad for that population and just for the history of the land and just everything that the native language could could just potentially just almost diminish to where it's just those small communities speaking it. Mm. That would be a loss. That would be a terrible loss yeah. to have that to vanish like that. Because like you say, language is part of who you are. It's it's culture, you know, okay. it's uh, the life experience. It's uh, the way you think, you know, yeah, you, you know, absolutely. wow, Lord, save Quechua language, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, very, very, very cool. You guys, you were working in, in clinics and I'm guessing you, you had certain number of days you, you saw a certain number of people for a variety of maladies from, you know, orthopedic to dental to, you know, just a everything that the village had to offer. And I'm yeah. sure it was a lot. It was. Uh, wow. Did you guys put in long days? Yeah. So I think we ended up having clinics over eight days, you know, wake up at six, have breakfast, get set up and then see patients starting from eight until about four thirty in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I think we ended up seeing just over a thousand patients in eight days. So, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> That's was, a lot. It was. It was very tiring, but very rewarding all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I'm inspired, and, and I know others will also be inspired by your willingness, you know, to step out and, and to, get into the fray, if you will, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that encourages me. Of course, I, 
I stay somewhat busy when it comes to missions and, and I go, you know, different places and all right. that. I'm not trying to, <laughs> not try. that's not my emphasis here, but I, I really appreciate you taking some steps there. And I, I know that you face some obstacles, you know, from the desire stage to the point that you get on the field Right. There are a number of things that basically threaten your life or, you know, there's something is going to stand against anything worthwhile. Yeah. And you you overcame that. Does anything come to mind for you when you when you think about some of the things you had to overcome to actually get to Peru and get your hands dirty, you know, in clinics in the villages? I mean, just the whole all of the logistics that go into going on a trip like this, finances um finding yeah. time off a full-time job, you know, it seems like there's always something in life going on where it just feels like it's never the right time, but just making the decision and just having faith that, you know, God's going to support you on this and believing. And so it was really amazing. My family was super supportive. My local church here, like, just was amazing. So I don't know. I felt like overall it was actually pretty smooth. Mm, that's very, very good to hear. Yeah. And, and I'm thankful. You know, I really believe the Lord encourages us as we're trying to get started. You know, a lot of times he will flood the environment with grace so that we can get, you know, the first step is most often, you know, the hardest one. And it's the one that gets you going. You know, yeah. it gets you started. Yeah. Do you see yourself doing something like more like this more or downrange? Do you see yourself doing some more of this? Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. I think, I think I'll do as much of it as my li- life allows me to. Mm-hmm. As a nurse right now, I work in the operating room. So the next kind of mission that I want to go on is more of a surgical mission where you're actually going to the other countries and doing the surgeries. And I know uh, there's an organization called Mercy Ships that does it in Africa on like a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. So I've thought about maybe doing that next, but basically as much as my life will allow, luckily the company, which is really cool that I work for right now, they will match your paid time off one-to-one. So they'll I took a week of my own paid time off and then they matched me a week of paid time off if you're doing like a humanitarian aid or mission trip. So that was really cool. That is very cool. What an advantage. What a good thing for them to do. OR. Yes. This is probably going to say something about me. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this, but I get queasy just hearing the words <laughs> or the, the, the initials O-R. <laughs> it's not like anyone's favorite place to be, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, I knew you were tough. We did a lot of tough stuff in the wide world, and I knew you were tough. But, I mean, that's the next level O-R. Yeah. It's, wow. I really, really enjoy it. I think it, you kind of learn in nursing that you – you kind of find where you belong and definitely the operating room is, is where I found my spot in nursing. Wow. That's super cool. And doing the the mission, like you're talking about, I think we probably have a common friend that comes to mind for me at least. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, when you talk about mm-hmm. the the mercy the ships. Mercy ships, yes. Yes. I want to make sure and, and stay, you know, up with you and, and stay in touch, be praying for you and, and standing with you for those future trips. We've got a few minutes left here, but I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. If you were, you know, wanted to say something to folks or someone maybe that's considering mm-hmm. for the first time getting involved in missions, maybe a little bit of your experience there, yeah. what you'd like to say about it. Anything that comes to mind, the challenges or what has the result, what's the impact that's happened to you and the stuff that you've done? Yeah. So I just remember just having a desire in my heart to really want to be to go on missions. And but I also had a lot of fear attached to it as well. Just fear of travel. Um, I struggle with anxiety and things like that. And so to willingly put yourself in these very uncomfortable situations can be very scary. But what I've learned by doing it is you actually receive so much more back than what you give away on these trips. And that there's just so much grace and and just so much just love from the people in the world. And it just really opens your eyes to just how blessed we are and just how much more is out there than what we see every day in our lives. And it takes you back a step and kind of makes you look at the bigger picture of things. And so, yeah, I would say if anyone has that desire to do it, but maybe there's some fear that God will meet you there and he'll take care of you. And, you know, I really, Mm. it kind of hit home this last trip when I got really sick there where it really, resonated with me okay so this happened and like god's not gonna he didn't stop me from getting sick but he he really helps me through it and he helped me step out in faith to travel up into these high remote villages and just yeah i don't feel 100 percent, but i'm gonna be okay and mm. and it's so worth it because i almost had to spend four days without my team, I either had to go on that day or I had to stay behind for four days. And I really wasn't feeling very good. But the reward for the risks that you take is just, it it just changes your life. Well, thank you. So many things come to mind (laughs) (laughs) when you say those things, because I've similar experience. And I read a quote somewhere that talked about how travel is such a good way for us to learn. Yes, absolutely. And really learn things we didn't realize that was, you know, available to know. I mean, maybe something that was completely off of our radar and we didn't even consider it. It also puts us in a position to really learn what we think we already know. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Which has been my experience, I think. Yeah. I just I think we are really cultivating depth inside of our person when we open our hearts to accept, you know, and value and experience and interact with people who are not at all like us. Yeah. yeah not from where we're from, not like us, not used, don't, don't know anything about us. When we take time to honor, to me, it's a huge thing 
even from the early days when I was not even familiar with missions, I remember a guy came from Eastern Europe to our, I was a part of a very little church in a very little place in a very remote part of East Texas as a young person. Mm -hmm. And I remember when that guy came there, I just felt so blessed that this guy would care enough about us to come halfway around the world, you know? Yeah. And that that said something to me about God's valuing me because he must have valued me if he sent this guy from all that distance yes. to uh so for that I was so thankful and impacted and then of course I had the have had the opportunity over time to be on the other side of that as well and hear similar responses. Yeah. Just one one last question, and okay. don't let me forget to get some details about the organizations and other stuff that you went with, but yeah. what do you, as you've had these experiences, obviously you've had some of them, not just this one, but as you've come back, what do you think is different about you this time versus how you were when you left or that's, I know I'm coming completely out of left field with that question. You didn't see that one coming, but I just, um, yeah. Is it, is there something there? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I think for me, this definitely put into perspective of why I chose the career I did. And it just made me very thankful and humbled for my life and all of the blessings I have. Um, I think it can be challenging coming back from a trip like that where you see and experience so much poverty. And so to not like let that bring me down, but to just really take the time to be grateful for everything. And even the things in your life that you think aren't that great, but finding the blessing in, in those things. And yeah, just appreciating. I think it just made me more appreciative for everything I have here and just appreciating being a nurse, even though it can be very hard and very challenging. And, but to be grateful that I get an opportunity to, to touch other people's lives. Mm. Well, Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. And I appreciate your transparency. And I know what you're saying. You know, there's kind of a reentry turbulence when you're coming from a very impoverished environment. Yes. I remember standing at the flip-flop section <laughs> of REI uh-huh. <laughs> after I'd gotten back from a very remote part of Southern Mexico. Yes. And just being angry. Oh, yeah. I was so angry. <laughs> Look, we've got, a, you know, a thousand flip flops here in every color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I was I was that was me. You know what I'm saying? I was I was having a reaction. No, that's, I but, think yeah. that's common. And they talked about that with us before we came home. And it's funny because living in a smaller town where we live, we Whenever we're in a larger city, we'll go to Costco to stock up. Mm-hmm. And my husband was picking me up from the airport. He's like, let's go to Costco. We need to do a Costco run. I was like, uh-uh, not this time. <laughs> like, Give me a couple place. of days. Yeah, the worst place I could go right now. 
Yeah, it's it is something. And if you haven't experienced that, I hope that you do because you'll be better for it. You're you'll be richer and and have more personal depth and a fuller experience. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, if we could cover just the names of the organizations, maybe for those who are, who are in medical and are interested, yeah. what can you tell us? I mean, the organization you went with, anybody you could recommend, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the organization I went with is called Project Helping Hands. They're based out of Portland, Oregon, and they go to all over the world. To I think they probably go to at least 10 to 15 different countries. And so their website's projecthelpinghands.org. And they're always looking for volunteers. And I really could not recommend the organization more. It was a great, a great experience. Wow. Yeah. Very. I'm, I think I have a friend who works there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But I'll have to chase it down. But I, yeah. it, thinking about the Portland side of it there. Uh-huh. So projecthelpinghands.org. Yes. Okay. And are, is it just medical that they do or do they do other stuff as well? It's just medical. Yes. Okay. Medical. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tag them up in the show notes here. So folks can have an easy way to get to them. Now, if somebody's got a follow-up question for you or they want to reach out, of course, they can reach out to me. I could pass that information on to you. But if you want to include an email or anything like that or any way to reach out to you to follow up. They can email me. It's my name, Brittany Ryan 661 at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to chat with anyone, answer any questions. Okay, Brittany Ryan, 661 at Gmail. Yes. And there are a thousand ways to spell Brittany. Yes, if I, I was just right. thinking that. It's, um, <laughs> but yours is unique, I remember. It's Brittany, so B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. Okay, Brittany Ryan, 661 at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here, for yes. telling us, sharing your story and talking to us about it. It's so good to hear from you. And thank you for your encouraging communication that kind of sponsored us getting together to talk about this from back in the day. Just some good memories the Lord has given us in terms of being in the far flung places of the world with a heart to be a blessing. (laughs) Thank you. And I love following you along on Facebook and all of the mission work you do and just seeing you Mm. and your beautiful family. So it's good to Mm. reconnect. Absolutely good. And hopefully before uh, too many more years, while we're still uh, really young people, we, we can, <laughs> we can uh, catch up in person. Please yeah. pass our greetings to your husband. Tell him I really look forward to meeting him. I and I thank you for, again, taking your time sharing this story. Yeah. We'll, we'll look forward to doing this again downrange as you've had uh, additional chances to go. Yeah, it's one more reason to go on another trip. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thanks again for being here. And I am Scott McClelland with your FX missions from the Forefront Podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. This leadership moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. 
Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters. 